Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Acts chapter 9. We'll start in verse 36, reading from the New Living Translation today. The word says, There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas, we're going to call her Tabitha. Um, she was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. But the believers heard that Peter was nearby at Lydda, and so they sent two men to beg him, please come as soon as possible. So Peter returned with them, and as soon as, they, as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. I want you to notice what happens next. The room was filled with widows, widows who were weeping and showing Peter the coats and other clothes that Tabitha had made for them. But Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand Helped and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and all the believers and he presented her to them alive. The news spread through the whole town and many believed in the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the chance to get together today to celebrate mothers and motherhood and, and, and more importantly, Lord, to just celebrate you and all of the gifts that you bestow upon us. One of those gifts, Lord, is your word and we thank you that we have it we thank you that we have access to it we thank you that we uh, are still in a nation that allows us to preach it and i pray god that you'd help us today not to take that for granted but that we would not just hear the word today but we would receive it and apply it that we'd be doers of your word and not just hearers in jesus name amen amen well obviously it is mother's day 2021 And I want to take a little bit of time today to just focus on one aspect of motherhood. There's obviously no way to cover everything about mothers and motherhood all at one time. I just want to talk about one particular aspect of that. Now, I know uh, many of you have plans, uh, and you're eager to get to those. So I'm going to keep that in mind and try to keep it a little shorter than normal. But I also don't want to sell short the opportunity to honor mothers and motherhood. Now, uh, I realize that today, maybe of all days, is a difficult holiday. Uh, It's difficult for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Very bittersweet for a lot of people. Um, But the aspect of motherhood that I want to talk about today um, applies also to fathers. It applies to single people. It applies to people who are married with no children. It applies to foster or adoptive parents. It It really applies to everybody. Okay, so don't feel like you have to be in a certain slot in the society. This applies to everybody. And whether your mom is still with you or not, whether you have children of your own or not, 
the message is still for you. Now, in this passage in in Acts chapter 9, it it struck me, not just because of the incredible miracle that happened uh, at the hands of Peter in in raising Tabitha from the dead, what really struck me was the way the community responded to her passing. Uh, she, she passed away, uh, and, and as was the case in all of those tight-knit, uh, small Jewish communities, everybody in the community showed up when she passed away. They, they cried at their loss of their friend and neighbor. They supported the family. I'm sure they brought food. They brought things to, to be there with the family. Uh, some even refused to accept her death as the final word, and they sent for Peter in a, a few towns over. Uh, and that act of faith obviously brought, was brought to a wonderful conclusion just a couple of hours later. But it was the widows in all of this, it was the widows that really caught my attention. Uh, these widows from Tabitha's community showed up in mass. They, they, it seems as if all of them came. And, and they didn't just come with heartwarming stories of, of what Tabitha meant to them. They held in their hands something to remember her by. They brought evidence of her impact on their lives. Now, James one twenty seven tells us that the, pure, the purest indication of a, of a living, active relationship with Jesus Christ is that we not only keep ourselves unspotted from the world, but that we take care of widows and orphans in their time of need. Now, that book of the Bible, the book of James, was not written at the, at the time this story ha- or this account happened, uh, or if it was written, it wasn't widely distributed yet. But it seems that Tabitha, in her relationship with the Lord, sort of intuitively understood this principle, and she practiced it in her life, really at a pretty impressive scale. These ladies all stood there with these robes and with the other clothes that Tabitha had made for them in their moment of need, in their time of distress. They were expressions of her love for them. But more than that, they were, for these ladies, reminders of Tabitha's life and Tabitha's character. What, so what did they see when they held these robes? Why did they bring them when she passed away? They obviously meant something to them. They, so when they held these robes and when they looked at them, they saw Tabitha. They saw Tabitha's compassion for them. In their moment of grief, she was there with something tangible to comfort them with. I, I, I have been through a few things in my life. I'm sure that the same is true of you. And in those moments, I promise you, in those moments, you remember what people do for you when you are too heartbroken or too numb or too overwhelmed or just too tired to do it for yourself. You remember the acts of compassion. And I'm sure that what Tabitha did for them in their moment of need was... was, uh, was made an impression on them. They also saw Tabitha's generosity. They saw her generosity. It couldn't have been cheap to make all those clothes for all those ladies. The Bible says the room was filled with widows. I don't know how big the room was. I don't know how many widows it was, but it seems that she spent quite uh, quite a sum on fabric 
and quite an, quite an investment of her own personal time in sewing these things and getting them ready for them. Now, I don't even know if Tabitha is a, is a mother. You're like, John, I ain't never heard nobody preach this message on Mother's Day. I believe that. Uh, I don't even know if Tabitha was a mom. I don't know if she had any kids of her own. We don't even know how old she was. Here's what I do know. Tabitha mothered these ladies. She was mothering these ladies. When they put on these robes, they weren't just wrapped in, in fabric. They were wrapped in her love. They were wrapped in her support. They, they knew that in their moment of need, when they just lost the most important person in their life, that they were not alone. And I bet you every time they looked at, at that article of clothing, they didn't just see the beauty or the utility of the fabric. They didn't just see the quality of the stitching. They didn't just see the accuracy of the fit. They saw Tabitha herself. And it reminded them not only of her hands, but of her heart and her humanity. Those robes meant something to them. Now, this is the sixth Mother's Day without my mom here on the earth. For many of you, it's been way longer than that. For others of you, you may be enduring your first. I can tell you that it does get easier. Um, or at least you learn to carry it better. I'm not sure which of those is true. But if you will indulge me for just a minute, I'd like to share with you some things uh, about my own mama. And, and I hope in a few minutes you will, uh, I can tie this account back to Tabitha and maybe most importantly for you, to your own story. So, as I said, my mom passed in, <clears throat> in 2015. Uh, I am the baby of five kids. They saved the best for last. Um, and each of us had two kids uh, of our own. Uh, if you're not good at math, that means she had, my mama had ten grandkids. Um, and now, Valerie and I broke with tradition and we expanded our, our children uh, after she passed. Uh, I wish she could have met these kids because she would have loved these kids. Um, but when it came time to sell the house uh, after she passed, um, we had the daunting task of emptying that house that she had lived in for 40 years. 40 years worth of stuff that she had accumulated in that house. And so we, uh, everybody chipped in. It seemed like every weekend we were there um, trying to clean up, trying to f just digging stuff out. And everybody, everybody chipped in, and we divided the stuff up. And I think uh, most of us ended up with some things from the kitchen because uh, my mama had every drawer in the kitchen filled with stuff. That, and she knew where it all was, and she knew what it was all for. So we all wound up, it seemed, I think, with something from the kitchen. Um, I got some coffee cups and some serving spoons and some glasses. And I didn't, honestly, I, didn't, I, would, I would love to tell you that I'm just such a sentimental old sap that, that uh, I took those things and, and I, they just meant so much to me in that moment. But quite honestly, we were just trying to get the house clean. We were just like, okay, Lord, I'll just take some of those and I'll take these. Can we just be done? So we, I wound up with glasses and cups. Uh, and and what, I have, <clears throat> what I've discovered is that I find myself reaching for those glasses and those cups 
even when my own glasses and cups are at the front of the cabinet. Um, and, and I guess it's because of what I see in those glasses and what I see through them. Now, I know it's, uh, it's eyeglasses that are supposed to help you see, um, but it turns out I can see just fine with mama's glasses, um, and I brought one with me today. And, and Jordan's going to put, uh, put there, there they are. So um, here's the glass and, uh, and a, a coffee cup from my mama's house, all right? Uh, and, and as a matter of fact, I, I wanted, uh, the, the title of this message today is Mama's Glasses. Mama's Glasses. I want to tell you what I see <clears throat> through Mama's Glasses, all right? So first of all, I see uh, humility. I see humility. Um, these are not expensive cups and glasses. Um, if we're being honest, they probably came from big lots. Um, probably on sale at big lots, to be honest with you. So some of the glasses that we, some of the glasses we used at home when I was growing up um, were old jelly jars or pickle jars. Uh, somebody reminded me after the first service, some of them were, um, <laughs> were old snuff jars. Y'all remember those blue and red plastic jars? If you don't know what snuff is, we'll, we'll explain that later. That was from my grandmother. Um, but we just had anything that would hold liquids, we'd drink out of it, okay? We didn't go spend money on fancy glasses. We just needed something to hold tea, all right? So nothing, nothing real impressive about that. I will tell you, though, if you're going to drink out of a pickle jar, it takes a little bit of time to get rid of the pickle flavor. So you just need to be prepared for that, okay? So that's just a little free advice for y'all. Um, to, to say that we came from humble beginnings uh, would be an understatement, um, but it was, it, it, her humility was more of a character trait than just an economic necessity. She uh, came up in a time where everything had to be maximized, everything had to be economized. They didn't, they didn't throw anything away. Did, did, did your mom or dad like or grandparents save the aluminum foil like wipe it off and use it over I mean that's just that's just the kind of family that we came up in and and even when things were better financially she never lost that habit of thrift and humility Uh, but more than financial humility she carried a humble spirit she carried a humble spirit she was salt of the earth I mean she was she was just common people no airs about my mama whatsoever. Um, super smart. A very, very intelligent woman. Morally pure. She was a good woman. But she never let either of those things give her an air of superiority. She never thought she was better than anybody. Um, and she would never impose herself on anybody, even if she needed something. Um, f- for me, humility is not a weakness it's quiet strength. That's what I think of, of humility. And the good Lord knows my mama had that quiet strength in spades. So every time I pick up one of these coffee cups or every time I pick up this one of mama's glasses um, or this plain white coffee cup, um, I see my humble mama. I also see hospitality. I see hospitality. Um. We didn't, we didn't have a, a home that anybody would be impressed with, <clears throat> impressed with, but I sure do seem to recall that everybody loved to come to our house. We always seem to have people over there. 
Now, that was mostly due to the fact that my mama could cook, y'all. Um, she can just cook. Um, she, was, she was such a good cook, she didn't even need electricity or gas. Um, there was one time, now, we, we lived in the country, like way, way in the country. Uh, we had to give directions to the deputies <laughs> if we had to call the police because nobody knew where we lived. So we, we were way out in the country, and, and uh, my mama used to say, every time the wind blows, we lose power. And she was really, that was really not an exaggeration. But one time after a bad storm, uh, we were without power for two weeks. Um, so, I mean, life changes in the house when you've got no power for two weeks. We are drawing water out of the creek and boiling it on the fire. So I, I have no idea who decided that it was okay to do this. But somehow, in the midst of this two weeks without power, we hosted the visiting preacher for Sunday lunch at our completely dark house. I don't know why that was a thing. I mean, that's a serious gift of hospitality. When you host people at your house and you ain't got any power. Um, but we did that. I don't know why. She cooked Sunday lunch for a visiting preacher on the fireplace. And he swore it was the best, <laughs> the best meal he had ever had. And I'm sure preachers don't lie, at least on Sunday. Um, so, and having been there for the meal, I mean, most every meal, you're just like, oh, that's the best thing I've ever had in my life. Right? So it was just an incredible gift of hospitality. Not only could she cook like nobody else I ever knew, she just had this way of making people feel at home. When you walked in, you were just one of her kids, and you're just going to sit down and make yourself at home. Um, when, I see this, <clears throat> when I see this coffee cup, uh, I think of her asking me to get her some coffee one night after, <clears throat> after dinner. It wasn't too long before she passed away, um, just a couple of years, I think. She was not a big coffee drinker. Uh, I got that from my daddy. Uh, but every once in a while, she would ask for a cup of coffee. But she seemed unusually enthusiastic about this, this after-dinner after coffee for some reason. So I drink my coffee black. I don't know how to decorate coffee. I don't, I don't know about that, all that stuff. So I never remembered what she put in her coffee. So I said, Mama, what, what do you want in your coffee? And, and she turned to Tanya's then-boyfriend, now-husband, Walter, and she asked him how he wanted his coffee. I said, Mama, I'll get, we'll get Walter taken care of in a minute. What do you want in your coffee? She said, no, this one's for him. I, I don't want any. I said, Walter's leg ain't broke. And he's younger than I am. He can get his own coffee. Why am I fixing Walter coffee? And, and, and she probably used my middle name. And she told me in no uncertain terms that I was going to get Walter some coffee. And so I did that one time. And I've refused every other time to get him. He still asks me for it because he's a man of faith. I'm just telling you, I ain't getting you no more coffee, man. Um, she just wasn't having it. She was not having it. That might have been the first family dinner uh, that he was there. So he was a guest and we had to treat him as a guest, um, I was like, I, I've known him since he was a teenager. He's not a guest, okay? Um, but that was just the hospitality in her. Even when she didn't feel like getting up and getting it herself, she was, she was exercising her gift of hospitality through us, um, even kicking and screaming. Um, it, it's what I see 
in my mama's glasses and cups. Here's the last thing. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to stand here and, and, and talk all day about my mama, but the last thing I see um, is, is home. I just, it's just home. That's what I see in these glasses. I see in those glasses uh, her iced tea, sweetened with saccharin. Y'all knew something was wrong with me, didn't you? I, I grew up on saccharin tea. Probably caused some brain damage, uh, some uh, early baldness in, in, in my family somehow. So that, that was the saccharin. I, I see uh, in those glasses these humongous um, ice cubes from the 27 ice trays that she had in her freezer. Like that was a thing. That was one of our jobs when we went to see her was to take up the ice, which she had in ginormous bins. You could put both feet in those bins. You shouldn't because where she keeps the ice. But you put the ice in there, she's never going to run out of ice, ever. Um, and, and so I, I see those ice cubes in those glasses. I see those glasses of milk. I see those cups of coffee um, as we enjoyed the cookies or the other treats that she always kept in the freezer. Uh, she kept a lot of things in the freezer. Um, and if you need a recommendation, I can recommend uh, five Chewy Chips Ahoy cookies. Yes, I said five. No, I don't know what the serving size is, but this was the Butler House. We have our own serving recommendations. So five Chips Ahoy cookies on a napkin in the world's um, strongest and perhaps oldest and largest microwave oven. <laughs> I mean, the thing weighed 86 pounds. I think we sold it with the house because we just couldn't pick it up. Um, it, but you put the, it, it, cook, it defrosted cookies better than anything you've ever seen in your life. Um, when, when I see my mama's glasses, I, I see Friday nights um, spent with her after a long week of work. I see Christmas mornings that, that uh, were more pandemonium than peace on earth and goodwill to men. We borderline riots a couple of times. Um, I see <clears throat> two weeks worth of groceries um, and a family pack of Captain D's or Big Chick piled on the kitchen table. It took us 45 minutes to put groceries up because we had a bunch of people eating. Um, after a trip to, this is how old I am, after a trip to Warehouse Groceries in Carrollton. Um, it was just home. It's just home. The only home I ever knew until Valerie and I got married. Um, brought back to my mind in living color and in perfect clarity by a cheap glass that gets cloudier every time we wash them. These cups and, and glasses are eventually going to break. As a matter of fact, I think this is my last one. I don't know where the rest of them went. I'm going to have to go invade other people's houses uh, and steal some glasses or something. Uh, Zach took them. Okay, when Zach took them, that's where they are. My child robbed me blind, which is perfect because when I'm when Valerie and I got married and I moved out, my mama was in the hospital. I went to the kitchen and helped myself, boy. I took everything I needed. I didn't have to go to. There wasn't no Bed Bath and Beyond in those days anyway. So anyway, I I deserve that. Uh, that's a generational curse right there. You steal from your mama, your boy's gonna steal from you. Um, they're all gonna break eventually. Um, but until then, I'm going to use them to see every moment and every memory that I can. Um, that's what I see through my mama's glasses, a reflection of who she was, a reflection of who I am, 
a reflection of what she taught me and the seeds that she planted in me. Uh, for the widows, they, they saw Tabitha's generosity and her compassion in the robes that she made for them. Here's a question I want to ask you today. Um, who invested something in you? What do you have in your life that you got from somebody else? You say, well, listen, I, you know, I don't really know my mom. Or we don't really have a good relationship. Or, or Listen, I, I get that. It's complicated. It's okay. It's, it's unfortunate, and I'm sorry about that for you. But let me tell you this. Even if it wasn't a mom, nobody makes it this far in their lives without somebody investing something in them. Nobody gets to where they're going alone. I'm simply saying today, take the time to look around. Maybe you've got something tangible that somebody gave you. Something that's way back on a shelf somewhere. Maybe in a closet somewhere. When you have a few minutes, just dig that thing out. Just get it out and remember. And maybe you'll shed a tear. Or maybe you'll have a laugh. Or maybe both. Or maybe you'll just get to tell a story to somebody who didn't know them. At the ladies' tea uh, last weekend, Valerie was able to use one of my mama's teapots. And so my sister and my wife and my niece got to sit around the table and, and drink tea out of one of mama's teapots. I don't, we never drank anything but iced tea. I don't know why the woman had teapots. We never made tea at my house. But she had teapots, huh? It was just decoration. Well, one, one way or the other, just to look at it and enjoy it and use it just made you glad to have a chance to remember. Just makes you grateful. So maybe you don't have something tangible that you can hold on to. Maybe it was a special teacher who really pushed you or challenged you or connected with you. Remember that. Thank them if you can. It, it, may, it may not have been a long-term, lifelong relationship either. God has a way of bringing the right people across your path at the right time to plant the right seed to prepare you to get to your next assignment. They, just, they don't always walk the road with us. Sometimes they come across the road at the right time. But either way, it's a gift of God. Maybe, maybe it's that old man in the neighborhood who taught you how to wash a car properly without getting spots all over it or taught you how to tie a tie. Maybe it was the old lady who showed you how to set a proper table or showed you which fork to use because you were going out to a fancy restaurant. It could be a million different people who taught you a million different things. Just take the time to remember and be grateful and remember the lessons and the investments that they gave to you. If they're still alive, look them up. Call them. Send them a note. Send them a text or an email. Just get in touch with them. Let them know how much their investment of love meant to you. I also want to ask you this. What are you leaving behind? What is your legacy going to be in the lives of people that outlive you? You say, well, John, first of all, that's rather morbid. Um, and secondly, how am I supposed to know what my legacy is going to be? Legacy happens after a person dies. It really doesn't. Legacy happens every single day 
of a person's life here on earth. It just usually takes somebody passing before people realize the pattern or before they see the impact in their lives. You choose your legacy every day. I've said this many times uh, over, over the, the body of a, of a loved one who's gone on to be with the Lord. And I've told the congregation, the gathered mourners, you're preaching your own funeral every day. Every day. So listen, be intentional about it. Live your life on purpose. Live your life leaving a legacy of love. In whatever way that manifests itself for you, because we're all different. We have different skills, different gifts, different interests, different people that we're connected to, different personalities. The love of the Lord is going to come out of each of us differently. But be intentional about it. Maybe you take a chance on somebody. Maybe you believe in somebody that nobody else is believing in. Maybe you can teach somebody something that they need to know. They, you show you care about somebody that maybe you don't even know that well. You can surprise people sometimes with kindness and generosity that they don't think they earned. And at the end of the day, love and compassion and generosity and kindness is not about being earned. Be, be true to yourself and to your character over, consistently over your lifetime. That's, that's how legacies are made. Don't try to be something you're not. Just be you. Just be generous with whoever you really are. July uh, of this year will be 24 years that my family and I, <clears throat> since my family and I came to church, to this church. Uh, July 4th weekend is when we came. A few of you came with us that very same week. That's when we met Miss Mamie. And some of the other uh, some of the other folks that were here, uh, I think back over the church mothers who have left a legacy in this place. I think about Miss Sonia Fishburn, who left a legacy of passion for the Word of God and the truth. Um, I think about Miss Connie McCutcheon, who left a legacy of love and acceptance. It didn't matter how long she knew you. As soon as she met you, you were one of hers. I think about Carolyn Payton and the legacy of laughter. The woman was just a nut. She was hilarious. And if you, if you spent an evening with Miss Carolyn, you were going to be sore the next day because you were sore from laughing because she said the funniest stuff all the time. I think of Miss Gail Sperling, whom we lost in the last year, um, who left a legacy of excellence and commitment and faithfulness in everything that she did. We've still got some church mamas, right? Miss Mamie's here. Miss Mamie's still with us. A picture of consistency and faithfulness through the generations. We've got Miss Sandra Wade, and I haven't seen her this morning, but Miss Sandra, uh, who lost Carlos in the last year and a half or so. But she is the epitome of faith and fight. She's a spunky little lady. If we had a church basketball team, she'd still be the point guard. I mean, she's just full of life. We, we've got, uh, we got Miss, um, uh, Miss Beverly Fisher, who is just, who's just grace and strength. But, but listen, here's the question. Who's our next generation of church mamas? Where are our church mamas in training? 
Where are the church mothers that the next generation is going to need? We've lost some giants, but there's still room for more giants to stand up and to take their place. And listen, who's the next generation of neighborhood mamas? Who's the next generation of ball team mamas? Who's going to leave a legacy of love in the people around them? It doesn't happen by accident. You say, well, John, I just don't, you know, I'm not worthy. I can't live up to the, those people didn't think they were worthy either. They never, uh, they never decided to be um, a, a spiritual giant or a church mama. They just are. You don't have to feel like you're worthy. You just have to be willing to step in and let the love of the Lord shine through you. It's not going to happen by accident. It's not going to happen because you think you deserve it. It's always going to come through humility. It's always going to take time. It's always going to take effort. It's never going to be convenient. You're going to have to think about it. You're going to have to sacrifice. But it's the only way to leave a legacy of something that will outlive you. You say, well, John, listen, I I don't even know. um, I don't know how to do that. Well, listen, just ask the Lord to let his love shine through you. It's really that simple. Because, listen, it's been 2,000 years since the love of God shined through from a cross. And for 2,000 years, his love has been seen very, very clearly, even right up to today. That same love the Father places in us through the Holy Spirit to distribute to everybody around us. The love of Jesus is alive and well, still powerful, and will still shine out even from vessels that that don't think too much of themselves. If you'll just let your light shine, if you'll just let the love of Jesus shine through you, then you'll start to leave a legacy that people will remember and that will bless people. I'm glad I got my mama's glasses. The widows were glad they had Tabitha's robes. Today I want you to make two choices. Like, John, I don't really, this is kind of a weird message for you. I don't really know what to do about that. Um, here's what I want you to take away from this. Here's your next step. Two things. I want you to make two decisions today, two choices today. The first choice is the choice to be grateful. Just appreciate what other people have done for you today. It might be your mama or your grandma. It might not be. But be grateful for the things that people have done for you, given to you, the seed that's been sown into you. So that's, that's the first choice. The second one is this. <clears throat> Make the choice to give something that another person can take into another generation. Make the choice to start living your life intentionally so that you leave a legacy of love for the next generation. Why don't you stay with me? So we're going to pray. And I just want to pray a a blessing uh, over you. But I'm... I recognize it's Mother's Day, uh, and and we probably have events to get to. But if you'll just give me like three minutes, I don't want to take for granted um, that everything's rosy in everybody's life, right? So some of you may want to come and just start asking the Lord to remind you of the people to be grateful for or remind you or tell you what you can do to start 
meaning more to the people who are in your life. So you can certainly do that. But some of you may have a health problem, a health challenge you're facing, a decision that you're about to make. You, you may have a relationship issue. You may have a, whatever's going on, financial issue. And you just want to come and talk to the Lord for a minute. Perfectly in order, no matter what day it is. So I'm going to pray. Bree's going to sing a song. She picked the perfect song for this today. And I just want her to have a chance to sing through it. And I want you to sing it over yourself as well. We'll do that after we pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just thank you that you, uh, that you always have a word for us, that, you always, that you've placed real life stuff in your word and that we can pattern our lives after it. Lord, I pray that you'd help us today to be grateful for the things that have been sown into our lives, for the people who've done it. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be that person for somebody else. And Lord, whatever else is going on in somebody's life, whatever they need to to pray about today, I pray that you would draw them to this altar. And I know that when you do, that you'll meet them here. And you always hear us. You always love us. You always answer. And I pray, God, your blessing on your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.